I think uh, you, you pointed out something really critical here is we do tend to be invested in being right, which often, too often means making our spouse wrong. And that is a lose-lose proposition always. This week, Dr. Noelle Nelson shares three surefire tips to help resolve just about any one of your conflicts quickly and easily. For real, stay tuned. If you've listened to this podcast, you know we love our wine club, and we're going to shamelessly plug it again. This year, our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, is celebrating their 20th anniversary and are offering special deals and discounts on top of their already existing deals and discounts throughout the year. We love the Hitched Wine Club because it's a monthly reminder to slow down and reconnect. Yes, date night ideas are included with each shipment. We have several different levels of the wine club, from the happy couple and marital bliss to soulmates and happily ever after. Right now, you can join the happy couple wine club level with your first shipment 50% off, bringing the total to under $25. And the shipping is always free. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the always fantastic Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. So today we have a really fun and interesting podcast. I will get into it in just a second, uh, but I want to kind of set the stage here a little bit. We give out tons of good communication practices as well as everybody else out there. Uh, And it's really easy. We understand it's really easy to get overwhelmed and uh, it's easy to throw your hands up when you get all this information and just give up on it. Like, okay, I have a hundred different things I should be doing if I want to communicate effectively. But you know, well, you say you have come up with three ways that in and of themselves will help resolve spousal disagreements quickly and easily. That is quite a claim. Yes, it is. Is, especially <laughs> given how much airtime we give to, you know, all sorts of communication skills. But I think that once we discuss these three points, Steve, that you and our listeners will see how effective they can be. And heaven knows, I am certainly up for the challenge. All right. Challenge accepted. Number one, you say walk a mile in your spouse's shoes. Correct. Although not literally. Yeah. I mean, those stilettos <laughs> or the Birkenstocks, whatever it is, they could really hurt the uninitiated. <laughs> but what, what it really means is don't just rush in with your point of view, your argument. That's our natural tendency. You know, something comes up, you feel thorny about it, and, and you just want to jump in there. So instead, stop. Just stop and think for a minute. What does your spouse's perspective mean to them? I mean, that's the whole idea behind walk a mile, right? Yeah. Ask questions. Basics. I mean, it's going to sound so basic, but what does this mean to you? Not said quite that way, but really wanting to know what does this mean to you or what is important to you here? 
So you want to try to stay away, and this is where people get caught up, is try to stay away from the why question, like why did you do that? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Or why do you do that? Why puts people on the spot, including ourselves. When somebody asks me, well, why'd you do that? I immediately want to defend whatever it was. Yeah. As opposed to if somebody asks me, well, what's important to you here? I kind of soften because <laughs> it sounds like they, they actually want to know my opinion. Yeah. And I'm more likely to give it. Yeah. So, so why so, really – why is one of those – I don't want to call it an attacking word, but it definitely is a – is a word that puts the recipient on a defensive, like my uh, frame of mind. Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, you just you can just do it with yourself, and you'll see right away. I mean, when we when we're blaming ourselves for something, you know, oh, why did I do that? Is the first thing that comes to your head. Yeah. Not what was important to me in doing that. I mean, you'd you'd find compassion even for yourself if if you ask a what question. Or, you know, what, well, what, what did this mean to me anyway, as opposed to why did I do that? Yeah. And it, it's trying to get away from a, a rigid point of view, if you will, okay? Because why only has one response, which is some kind of justification. Mm. And heaven knows we can all come up with justifications so, for pretty much anything. And justification doesn't necessarily mean you will be delivering understanding, which is what you're trying to get at, I'm assuming. Yes, it is. You're correct. No, justification is saying, I did this because I thought it was what I should be doing or the best thing to do in the moment, whatever. That's why I did it. So don't ask me. Yeah. I I had an epiphany a couple weeks back. Uh, my my wife and I were, uh, we were walking somewhere and uh, it was, it was near a school and she made some comment about like, oh, that's a rape bush. And it took me back. I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, oh, yeah, that's where uh, if you're a woman, like you look out for plants that look like that, which are large and easy to hide behind and all these different things. And she and she broke it down. And this was, by the way, to put this in context, this was in like the Ray Rice thing was going on and domestic violence was in the news cycle and everybody was talking about as top of mind. And it it. It just it, it it I don't know. It just had this effect on me where I was like, I it, it doesn't even it didn't even occur to me that this was a thing, let alone that this was something that my wife deals with, and and I'm assuming every woman deals with on a fairly ongoing basis of just walking down the street. And so then I started uh, probing, um, trying to get the understanding about it. Um, and mm -hmm. so rather than saying like, well, why did you say that or anything along those lines, I would. Uh, I would. I then started asking other questions about other um, things um, about what she does in preparation as she just walks down the street to protect herself. About in 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 the manner of which I, you know, as a man, it it doesn't even cross my mind. That is correct. Um, as a matter of fact, there have been some very interesting articles and studies written about the difference between how a man walks down the street from a point of view of what he perceives and what he pays attention to and what, what a woman notices and pays attention to. And when men are informed as to how women walk down the street, what they pay attention to, they're shocked. Just like your response. They're absolutely shocked. We, I, I'm a woman, we go through life very differently. Yeah, and it's and and the I guess to to bring this uh, um to the point of our conversation here is I didn't say well why why is that a rape bush 
I was, I, maybe it's because it was so shocking to me at the time too. I was like, really? What makes that a rape bush? You know, I right. was, I was trying to understand, like I wasn't um, trying to belittle her opinion or thought on, on it. I was, I was really trying to understand like, because it was su- such a foreign concept about? to me. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, slightly off topic on, on this topic of <laughs> women walking down the street, there is a fantastic um, daily show segment uh, with Jessica Williams um, doing this kind of skit where she walks down a New York City street and basically highlights all the dangers women come across as they just do, you know, walking from their home to work kind of a scenario. And it's it's funny and enlightening as The Daily Show regularly does. So, um. Right, right. Well, <laughs> that, that is on point. And, yeah. you know, we, we don't do the why thing or... F- or it, not even think about walking in our spouse's shoes out of um, lack of love or anything like that. It it seems that we think more that if we saw things from our spouse's point of view, it would mean we were like giving in. We're guaranteed to lose. Mm. But the thing about a discussion with your mate is there aren't supposed to be winners or losers. Yes. Right? Exactly. It's supposed to be an outcome that works for both of you. Maybe not perfectly. That that's not the point, but works. So so we don't we don't have winners or losers. We have solutions, and I think that's a large part of the problem. Is that when you're approached with a why, you think you have to defend your position because otherwise you'll lose. Mm. When you're approached with a what, you're more likely to go into a um, a trying to understand, like you did with the rape bush, and then nobody loses. Yeah, that's a great. I, I love that. Yeah, and and uh, to be totally honest, I I now feel like I have a much greater understanding of her perspective on a variety of things because of that conversation, and we were able to have this like open, honest conversation. And she never once felt like I was trying to attack her point of view of anything. I was I was really trying to walk a mile in her shoes. Right. Right. Um. So. So if I if I may wrap up number yes, one, please. Okay, it would be do your compassionate, your utmost, your best self, best to see whatever the issue is, the problem is from your mate's point of view, before you ever go to a solution. Okay. Okay, so that would be that one. Perfect. Okay, so number one sounds pretty strong. Uh, so let's move to number two. You say number two, stay in the present. What do you mean by that? Yep. And this can be so difficult. It means do not bring up the woeful past or the glorious past or any kind of past because that just messes things up when you're having some sort of difference of opinion. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as best you can, you want to stay with the issue at hand. So let's take a typical example. You're arguing over one of our fave finances. Sure. Argue about the current finances, not how well or how poorly you or your spouse did last month, last year, last week. Do go roaming off into how dismal or great your finances are going to look next week, mm. next month, next year. I mean, yeah, that that's that's just as bad. Try to. I mean, I meant do not go roaming off do into not. that future. Oh, okay. Do not. Do not stick with whatever the current problem is. Okay. Because, especially, I mean, past is worst. At least if you're going to go look at the future, you can look as in forecasting, right? 
well, if we continue this way, unfortunately, we won't have enough to make the rent. I, I was just going to say but because – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that's about as far as you want to go. Okay. You want to? You don't want to get doomy and gloomy. <laughs> okay. Because I was going to say that I know in the past we have talked about when we revisit the past, and particularly if we have um, a particular slant on something, we tend to rewrite it in that uh, gaze. So if we're feeling bad or negative toward our spouse, we seem to rewrite the history and only highlight those things that were negative um, or Absolutely. amplify the things that were negative. Um Whereas in the in the future, and I know you say to don't look into the future much, um, if at all, but I feel like at least in the future, um, it's something we can change and we can yes. have an effect on, whereas the past, you can't change that. All you can change is how yeah. you're looking at it. And with the future, the, the, the reason I, I sort of, you know, stumbled over that part is that on the one hand, you do want to look into the future in order to provide better solutions for the current problem got it that makes sense so that's where yeah so it's it's kind of a little bit with the past it's easy just don't go there <laughs> yeah with the future it's go there in in a mode of of solution don't mm -hmm. go there in a mode of yet further beating up got it there's a there's a world of difference between saying well you know honey if we keep going this way we're, we're not going to have enough to pay the rent next month or much less for the rest of the year that's that's pointing towards a solution. What are we going to do to make sure we have enough to pay the rent? Okay. As opposed to, well, I mean, just look at this. We're in terrible straits and it's going to be this way forever. And, and I don't, and I don't see any way out. I mean, we're just doomed. Mm -hmm. it, That's totally unhelpful. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and when we look at the present and, uh, and, and stick with that, it enables us to not get bogged down with all the other baggage that comes with history of things. And it's, it's funny. I think when you brought up the finances thing, I, th I think about this a lot with the, the economy that we have and how people like to make comparisons, whether it's the, their price of housing or whatever about the absolute peak of something of like a bubble, like, well, my house was worth, you know, $850,000 or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, it was in this, three-month window of this bubble that burst and so is that a true value and they and they try to do these comparisons of everything based off of that and I could see the same thing kind of um, ha play out in a relationship where a spouse may have spent a little too much on one thing at one point in time and that is the thing that gets dredged up Every time you have this financial argument, well, remember when you went to the shoe store and you bought all these shoes when we were really tight on money? Um, and it's like, but if you looked at their 20-year history, they might have done that one time. And it makes it really complicated to deal with the present issue if that's how you revisit things. Well, it does. I mean, then people go wallowing in the past and they try to justify the past, uh, amplify the past, do all sorts of junk with the past as opposed to attend to what is necessary what's in front of their face right now mm -hmm. and that's you know what are we going to do so we can pay the rent and it happens to be and i think most importantly talking about um these communication differences helping solve disagreements quickly what it does by staying in the present is it keeps you on point of addressing that issue right now not rehashing these old issues and then getting into this 
argument, which is probably a stale argument you've had before, and not getting anywhere. So I think that's to your point of staying present will help you resolve these issues quickly. Um, right. Okay, so this third one, I've been waiting to hear the deets <laughs> on this third one here. Uh, so number three is you say science and the 50 millisecond pause is your number three tip. Yes, it is. Okay. I don't know if I have an... You know me, Steve. I'm science first. Yeah, and I don't know if I have an app on my phone to do a 50 millisecond pause, so you're going to have to help me out on this one. Okay. Well, let me give you the research. Okay. This was done by Dr. Jack Grinband at the Taub Institute just recently. Okay. And what he says, and I'm quoting him, postponing the onset of a decision process by as little as 50 to 100 milliseconds enables the brain to focus attention on the most relevant information and block out irrelevant distractors. Okay. So let's say that in English. Yes, please. (laughs) What does that mean in terms of your argument with your spouse? It means that if you will just pause, just pause for even under a second, you will zero in on what matters. Mm. on the information that you need to most easily resolve whatever's going on instead of all the other stuff that floats around in our brain all the time. And what fascinated me about this research is, you know, um, Steve, and I, I, I don't know if our listeners know, but I function as a trial consultant. That's one of the main things I do. Mm-hmm. And in that process, I help prepare witnesses for their testimony at trial, which is a very large deal because there's a great deal hanging in the balance, okay? Mm-hmm. And the first thing I teach any witness in how to respond to questions asked by a lawyer in open court is pause before you speak. Pause. Just, and I, I do a three count. One, two, three. I don't know how many milliseconds that is. But, you know, you remember when our mothers used to say, count to 10 before you open your mouth? Yeah. Well, it's very much the same thing. It's if you just will take a pause for just a moment, literally, you you will have, and now it's it's scientific, which totally <laughs> amuses me, <laughs> but, but it know, does enable the brain to focus. It, it, most of the, it's funny, you hear these, uh, these old um, w- little wise sayings and proverbs and things, and there's so much truth to it that we find later on, you know, a century later that science has backed up exactly what people have been, you know, um, yeah. talking about for all these centuries. Is there, so is there, you, 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 you mentioned counting, is there a technique that you use, like just, you know, breathe in through the nose or something to, to, to force that pause? You know, when I work with witnesses, it d- depends on the witness because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so for some people, it's literally internally just count to three. Okay. And then open your mouth. For others, and this is going to sound strange, is since they often have their hands clasped in front of them, is pull on your thumb. Hmm. Doesn't that sound weird? Yeah. Just pull on your thumb before you speak. It's anything that arrests the process of blurting. Got it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So you know, you, our listeners, you guys, you know yourselves best. So you'll know whether it's just pressing your lips together. Mm-hmm. That'll do it or it's counting inside, or some people do take a breath, just a, you know, an inhale and, a, and an exhale, and then they go. Some people say to themselves, pause. 
Yeah. <laughs> kind of like one of those easy button yeah, pause. <laughs> like mm-hmm. <"Argh." laughs> um, it doesn't matter. The principle is don't blurt. Got it. Just first, just think. And I can't even begin to tell you the difference it makes when I prepare witnesses for testimony. It's huge. Sometimes I feel like, well, that's it. My work's done. (laughs) Because with that simple, it's so basic of just take a moment to think. People come out with good stuff. And so will our listeners. In other words, you just take that moment. It's, I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit about being mindful of something and this seems to be the way to do it is to just take that pause so that you're mindful of what you're about to say yes and that way more often than not you won't simply jump into a defensive position Mm because you'll remember this isn't about defending this is about solving a problem yes you know, I think that's... And it's good if you even have a little mantra for yourself, solve the problem, solve the problem, something. I think, I mean, you, yeah, you brought up, you brought it up earlier about you're, you're, you're not trying to be winners and losers in this kind of a situation. You're, you're on the same side. You're, you're, you're trying to yeah. come to an agreement. And I think what you were just saying there about solve the problem and doing that mantra in your head is really what I think a lot of couples need to shift their perspective in. And because when people have arguments, it's just natural to be the one that comes out on, wants to be the one that comes out on top or to make your point or to be the one who is right. Um, But in these kind of scenarios, being right means you're both happy (laughs) and, and have, and, and and with a greater understanding of the situation or each other, whatever it is you're discussing. So that is what being right is. So if you think that you've, you make your point and they finally understand that what you were saying is factually correct, but they are furious, guess what? You lost. That is not the proper, that is not winning, right? Like, and I think people mistake the two about, well, my facts finally penetrated uh, their consciousness, but now they're not talking to me. Well, congratulations. That was a terrible way to communicate. Right. I think uh, you you pointed out something really critical here is we do tend to be invested in being right, which often, too often means making our spouse wrong. And that is a lose-lose proposition always. Mm. Well said. Well said. Uh, is there is there anything you wanted to add to this conversation or should we, we button this one up? No, I just want to repeat that if you if you remember nothing else from this, just remember, think first. Think first. Okay. So first. I, I will uh, just to, to close this out, I will remind everybody. So there are three tips. The first is to walk a mile in your spouse's shoes. The second is to stay in the present. Don't don't go back looking at the past and, and, and don't go dreaming about future stuff. Try to stay in the present with what you are discussing. And number three is take a pause. A 50 millisecond pause is all you need to be more mindful in what you are actually going to say and how you respond to things. So take a pause. And with that, you can quickly and easily resolve your arguments. So thank you, Noelle. That was fantastic. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Uh, So I want to remind everybody, um, if you have listened to five episodes, this is our new thing. If you've listened to five episodes, please uh, let us know what you think. 
by giving us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or a comment or something along those lines. And we do this not to be greedy. We do this um, to help the podcast be more discoverable to others who are looking for relationship information. And we want honest feedback so that we can improve anything that you think uh, needs improvement, or maybe we can you can suggest things, uh, topics to tackle in the future, or issues, or something along those lines. So we are open. Uh, we want to work for you. So let us know. And we greatly appreciate that in advance. Um, but until next time, I want to remind everybody you have been listening to Dr. Noel Nelson, who is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of many best-selling books. Her two most recent are Got a Bad Boss, Work That Boss to Get What You Want at Work, which is available on Kindle readers, and so you can download the Kindle app for free on all of your electronic devices, Androids, iPhones, iPads, uh, etc., in addition to Kindle readers. Uh, She also has um, another business-related book called Make More Money by Making Your Employees Happy that is also available for Kindle readers. And if you're looking for something in the uh, relationship realm, Realm. Uh, her two most recent re- her two most recent books are Your Man Is Wonderful and the other is Dangerous Relationships. Uh, you can get all of this information at her website noelnelson.com. You can find Noel on the social platforms: Facebook, uh, Google Plus, Twitter. Uh, her Twitter handle is Dr. Noel Nelson. You can get all of this information at our website hitchedmag.com. And if you do have a question or comment or anything else, you can reach us on any of the social media uh, sites, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram, Google+. We are on all of them. Uh, the Twitter handle is at Hitched Media, um, and so you don't have to remember all this stuff. We have uh, easy-to-find buttons on our website up in the top right corner, so check it out if you uh, would like to connect. So uh, that is going to do it for us this week. So one last time, thank you so much, Noel. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody.